Hello and welcome to another episode of the Koshcast on underthekoshblog.com and at under underscore the Kosh on Twitter. My name is Alex Mohanad is here. Hey, how's it going? Good, man. How are you? Fantastic. Excellent. And Bernie is here. Yes, sir. How are you, my friend? I am very well. Very well. We have quite a few questions this week, but I wanted to start with this one just because it's not related to any of the games specifically. Um, from Daniel Rouse, friend of the pod, who says, put these managers in order of how much you'd like them to be in charge of your club. Uh, so we've got all the classics, all the big ones. Tony Pulis. You might want to write this down, actually. Tony Pulis, Sam Allardyce, Alan Pardew, Steve Bruce, Sean Dyche, and David Moyes. I, like, David Moyes stands out a little bit out of that group. You know what I mean? Like, like he's not quite as much of a dinosaur. As yeah, yeah, exactly. And he tries a little bit and maybe it doesn't come off. I like Alan Pardew. A little, like I put Pulis and Allardyce in a bracket. Like at the top okay. of the like the no. <laughs> you so know what I bottom. mean? So they're yeah, at the bottom sure. of your list. They're at the okay. bottom. I think of this as a no list. That's why they're at the top. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, Tony Pulis and Sam Allardyce for me would be last because they're like in this bracket on their own way. Like, they're just saving teams from relegation. Okay. A little bit. And then you've got the middle bracket of like Steve Bruce and Alan Pardew, maybe. And then Sean, Sean Dyche and then David Morris is what I would go with. Okay. So, okay. Bernie, what do you think? Um, well, I've already seen Moyes manage my team and I saw what that was like. So, Good point. So I would have Moyes if I was a neutral because I think his record stands up like better than the rest of them however i've seen it happen so he goes second on my list (laughs) as a result uh i I put steve bruce first uh only because i don't hate him and the rest of them i have beef with them one way or the other so it's bruce moyes daish i have a burnley problem so he's then third allardyce if it was bolton allardyce i don't mind that but this new allardyce i'm tired of it so no then it's Pardue, and then it's the guy I hate the most, Tony Pulis. The guy who Lionel Messi has scored more goals than Tony Pulis' teams have scored <laughs> in, like... Uh, you, you guys know that stat that, that, that went around. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but, like, uh, I cannot but, stand Tony Pulis. Before we get into before we get into Alex's choices, I mean, Alardici just beat Wolves 3-2 with West Brom. So, give him some respect, okay? <laughs> like, <laughs> come on, guys. Like, <laughs> Fabio Silva led Wolves is not is not the example we want to use right now. <laughs> well, and he did it as far as we know without accepting any kind of bung or or bribe mm. in that ninety minutes. Very impressive. Good point, Alex. What would your list be? Uh, right. So I agree with you that uh, I think Moyes is top of my yes list. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and frankly, the West Ham job has got him there. Like he was not. He would not have topped this list before the West Ham job. But I for me, it was there. everything. For me, it was everything. That was a long time. Ago. I know, but, he, but to me, David Moyes is always everything. Does that make like it's always Moyes is everything? Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've got this might be a surprise. I don't know. I've got Pardew second because he's rubbish, but he tries to play good football. Like he can, he can't actually manage to do it successfully, but he does try to do it. And there's the dance uh, that he did when he was managing Palace, which is an all-time classic moment. Um, right. I just think he's fun. Um, and then I've got Bruce. Uh, same reason as Bernie. Don't hate him. Daesh. Um, and then I did put down Allardyce and then Pulis. 
but I'm going to reverse it because we know that Allardyce is a Brexiteer, and while Pulis probably is, we don't know for sure. <laughs> so Moyes fired you, Bruce. He has regrets about that. <laughs> <laughs> Big time. Now he can't sign anyone. So, yeah. Anyway, I like that question. Cheers, Dan. Uh, yeah. That was fun. But, I mean, you know, ultimately the answer is none of them can are allowed to come near our clubs with the barge pole. Well, I mean, yes. except United actually hired one of them. But, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, not just hired. It was recommended by the best manager of all time. <laughs> hey. hire this dude as his as his follow up. Hey. Only, only so he can look good relatively. It, 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 it wasn't that bad at the time, guys. Come on, Moyes wasn't that bad. I mean, next week, what was Sir Alex Ferguson's worst signing? David Moyes or Eric Jemba Jemba? So, <laughs> oh, that's a tough one, actually. But, We've got a week to think about it. The, the the sorry, just to harp on the Moyes. The funniest thing about the Moyes thing was when it went wrong. Fergie started to say, "I called Ancelotti, I called Klopp, I called." It's like he went and was like, "This is the guy," and then he was like, "Yeah." So I called everyone. <laughs> Bernie, remind me, did it was it like I'm trying to remember now, and I obviously I'm not a United fan, so I wasn't following that closely. But didn't it go so well, and then he was almost gonna get like an extension to the contract or got one or something? Who are you talking did, to, Moyes? Oh, like, this is banter. Oh, right. No, no, no. I right. swear it's not. I swear it's not. Didn't he start on fire or something? I mean, like they gave him either a lot of money for transfers or like there was talk about. No, he won. He won his first game. Oh, he great. beat Swansea four-one, <laughs> and then it was like, yeah, like this guy lost right. back-to-back games to City and Liverpool three-nil at home. Like back-to-back. Like I don't care who those clubs are. You can't do that. But you knew it was going to go badly because he spent that first summer transfer window trying to sign someone that wasn't Fellaini, ran out of time to get Fellaini for 23 million that was his release clause and ended up paying 27 because he didn't do it in time and he couldn't get anyone else. So what happened was he tried to offer 30 million for Leighton Baines and Fellaini. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Leighton Baines was like one of the best left backs in the country at the time. But but this is the the problem... But this is the problem with some sometimes these smaller managers coming through and like you know David Moyes was doing a great job and then he like you know that was the next step up. The problem is if you haven't managed the big big stars, sometimes you can be in that mentality of oh let me go get these little guys that are really good at my smaller clubs and hopefully they can also do the step up. But like you almost need to switch your mentality and just go for the you know what I mean like you have to change how you think and if you don't do that then you fail at the big clubs. You can't you can't rely on bringing the dudes from everything or whatever. It's just it's true. Like Pochettino, first day at PSG, they were like, do you want Messi? He's like, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I get it. (laughs) And then he went Deli Alley and like, no, no, you don't get it. No, maybe not. It's a bit like um, Paul Koncheski signing for Liverpool. Yes. (laughs) It's like, wait, this is the type of shit that you abandon and you leave alone. Exactly. You've made the step up. You've left. Don't don't keep dragging these things with you. Just put them in the past. Move on. That's such a great shout. I think out of sympathy, Hodgson like dragged Koncheski around to his next like three clubs just to just to you know. I mean, it, he's he's the Zaki to the Steve Bruce. Yes. Yeah. Or like general Egyptians. Yeah, he just dragged him around. I don't I don't know what. That... Steve Bruce has dragged his son around. That was what he was. Doing. Oh wait, wait. Yeah. There's a better one. There's a better one. Harry Redknapp and that midfielder. Crenshaw. Yeah, Crenshaw. Crouch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Merson. Yeah, all of them. Yeah. Um, sorry, just before we move on, and we, I promise, listener, we're about to. But um, 
is there like some kind of MBE in Egypt, some kind of award that can or should be given to Steve Bruce? Because honestly, what he's done for that country. I swear. He's just like stuck with these Egyptian players, man. And Muhammadi and Zaki and stuff. He's just, he's doing his bit, you know? Yeah. He loves it. Like, I feel like the government should bring him over every year. And he probably has know. a villa in Sharm el-Sheikh or something. <laughs> do, you, do you remember when, like, that was all the rage in England? For some reason, it was Sharm el-Sheikh all over the place. Like, yeah. Yeah. It, well, basically, what English tourists do is they go from, like, resort place to resort place, just trashing it and then moving on to the next one. So they've been through like, Spain. Like, the Costa del Sol was on fire. So they were like, we need to go somewhere else. It's, it's like those movies where the aliens just pillage planet after planet. <laughs> Sucking out its resources until they move on to the next. Hey, that wasn't even a movie. That was just history. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Mahanid thought it was a movie the whole time. Yeah, I know. It's like, well, what? Uh, All right, lads. Uh, Well, we've been talking about United already via David Moyes. So we'll continue there. United nil, Liverpool nil. The game was boring, but I think there were some talking points. Here's one I'll start you off with. Man United have no goals in the last four games against top six sides. Why can't you score a goal, Bernie? I don't think we're trying very much, uh, at least for 60 minutes of the games. Nil-nil. Well, Arsenal, we lost one nil. Nil-nil, Chelsea. Nil-nil, City. Nil-nil, Liverpool, right? Those, those are the mm-hmm. four that we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. So both, I think the City and the Chelsea ones, City, both, like, East Side shook hands before the game and said, guys, like, last year was a bit of a mauling. It was rough. Let's just all shake hands and make this a draw. This one was just a bit of incompetence on Liverpool's side, I felt like, and United defending well and then not finishing chances at the end. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Mo, did you see it differently? Or? Uh, it was a bad game. I, but I did enjoy it. Like, it was watchable for me. There was some interesting things. Like, it was fun to finally watch Thiago play a full game, like, in a while. Um, I don't know. It wasn't too bad, but, like, you're right. It was was almost just lacking a little bit of quality. Like, the the front three of uh, Liverpool, like, Mane was okay. Firmino was horrendous. Salah was not his best. But Firmino just missed so many open chances as the striker. Like, you know what? I'm tired of all the intangible talk, and I get it, and I know it. We watch football, we know what's going on. But like at the end of the day, it's gonna to come to a point where like you also score some goals. Um, and then Shakiri starting was an interesting one, and I thought he had a quite a good game. Like he was quite mm-hmm. dynamic in that. Like he 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 came in and filled in between the two deep lying like Alcantara and Wijnaldum, um, and he was kind of just buzzing around in that open space doing his thing. And I thought it was quite interesting. I think he hasn't started in a long time, and Klopp to start in this game was a bit. Of a, of a surprise, but I thought he did his bit. So, you know, overall, it, w- it was okay. I thought United defended really well. Like, you guys clearly mm. have a shape, clearly have some sort of an idea of what you want to do defensively. Um, and you can see that Ole is like, this is not luck. Like, there's something going on there. And, the, the you know, the McFred is a very solid deep two, right, that is going to help you do that. Lots of calories. Lots of calories in that burger. Tons of them. And, and I, thought the full, I thought the fullbacks, I mean, whenever you play Liverpool, your fullbacks have to have good games because of Salah and Mane, but I thought Shaw and Wan-Bissaka were excellent. I thought Mane, we talked about him the other week, struggling against Kyle Walker-Peters, which is funny because Walker-Peters is a midget. And then this week he struggled against Wan-Bissaka, which is funny because he's, you know, the lankiest, limbiest person in the Premier League. So maybe what Mane needs is just like a regular-sized defender. <laughs> Maybe that's what he thrives against. But no, I thought I thought they were great. I thought what was interesting about this game was that 
very similar to the Spurs-Liverpool game when Spurs went to Anfield. United had by far the best chances. Like, mm -hmm. absolutely brilliant chances to win this game. And like the Bruno one, um, the Pogba one right at the end, I, the kind of unforgivable misses really in the same way that, that Bergwijn had those chances for Spurs. And I just felt, you know how some teams go, they'll go to Anfield and because of the team that Liverpool are now and because it's Anfield or whatever, and they've got this aura and you don't expect to win. And so when you get those chances, people kind of bottle it. And it, it felt similar to me. Like they didn't, those, those strikes that Bruno chance, the public chance, they, they weren't like hit with conviction. They were just like letting it happen almost. You know what I mean? I, I, Martial I actually, had a couple. Mm, did he? No, Rashford was the one that, Martial didn't have any shots. In this game. No, Michelle had the one where he was like, almost, he just hit it. What didn't he hit it at Allison or at the defender? Like he was pretty much a. No, a Marcel didn't. No, Marcel didn't have one. <laughs> the, in in the first half, United had one shot, and that was Bruno <laughs> from the free kick, and then there was one on target that was. Oh, it was close shot. though. I thought it was in. Was I, I thought it was in from the angle, but to, to Alex's point, the Bruno one, it was as if like he didn't expect, like he never thought he was going to score from the. Yeah. Minute it got to him. There was no confidence in the shot. And I was very disappointed in that. He should have scored. There's no reason to miss that. The Pogba one was directly at Allison. At first you go, oh, great save. And I look at it and I go, hit it either side. And that's a goal. I, like, like you said, I don't think they were ready for that. Um, however, they did, as you said, carve out the better chances. And then there was that little one where Rashford should have played in Cavani. Oh. And I tell people, you have a very small window of opportunity to make that happen. So I don't blame him necessarily. What I blame him for was, if he didn't think that was on, Pogba was the other one running in. Play yeah. that pass, and then actually Pogba can play it back to Cavani, open net, goal. Something should have happened there. So United did produce the best chances, but I wanted to harp on something that Alex said before, which is the fullbacks. Luke Shaw has been brilliant this season, and it was largely good last season and Ole's first half season he's been very good for about two and a half years however my united fan channels went a bit overboard saying he pocketed salah which sure technically he did but i don't think this was necessarily shaw's brilliance so to say though he has been brilliant salah has been bad like yep. he scored a lot of goals granted but he has not actually i don't remember a complete 90 minutes of salah playing very well as we've said so to me this was actually relatively easy to pocket Salah because he mm. hasn't been very good. Wambasaka pocketing Mane was impressive because Mane is very difficult to pocket. But Salah's mm -hmm. just been bad. And I think like we, it, there needs to be a, a real discussion like in football about that. And there hasn't been one except for here, funny enough. Well, yeah, every week. And we're about to do it again. <laughs> You're right though. It was like Salah just like showed up and climbed into Shaw's pocket rather than Shaw having to you know, grab him, put him in there. But um, let me go to uh, Salah quotes. Who was he was asked about his future? Um, I do not know. If you ask, I say I want to stay here as long as I can. But as I've said before, is in the hands of the club. I'll always give a hundred percent to the last minute I'm in this club, and I want to win as many trophies as I can. Uh, and I want to give a hundred percent to the people who show me love all the time. Now, to me. Like, you never know. But that sounds like someone who sort of gets the idea that the club are considering something, you've heard, which, you've heard which I exact, think they should. You've heard the exact same sentence come from other players of their clubs all the time. The whole, like, it's about the club. I'll stay where I'm loved. I'll, you know, it's putting it into the club's court, right? Saying, this is not on me, this is on you. Show me the love, show me the money, show me the this, and I'll stay. Well, obviously. But I think it means he doesn't feel it. I think, I think this quote means he's not feeling that love Mm -hmm. um, completely. 
Um, so I think, I, I think I can't remember, but it feels like I've heard the exact same quotes over and over about the whole, you know, I'll stay where I'm loved and, you know, the club, it's, I'll stay the club want me and all that stuff. That's yeah. I, I don't think it's, it's going so smoothly they, there with the relationship. They probably want him, but they want him, you know, a at a decent wage and B at, on a good amount of form. Right. Like this is this is not good. And they haven't scored in four games. Right. And they're better than this. They know that they need to figure out a way to get him going oh. and Mane going. And, you know, Firmino's Mohamed said somewhere if he if they don't get Salah and Mane scoring, like, you know, it's not going to come from Firmino. But Bernie, also, you said something interesting about like you haven't seen Salah for 90 minutes, um, you know, a full performance. And I agree with you, but I would almost wager that we haven't seen too many Liverpool 90-minute performances either this season. Like, they, the way Salah is getting his goals yet is playing badly is the same way Liverpool are getting the points yet not playing very well. Like, they are, what, 14 points or something less than where they were last season? Something like, like they're also just kind of, you know, crawling through and they're not playing, but nobody's playing well. It's, you know, it's, and I think also they have to get some credit for keeping all these clean sheets and playing defensively well with, you know, Van Dijk out playing two midfielders at center back. Like there's a lot of shuffling going on there too, that they could have easily dropped much more than they are. It's just unfortunate for them that it's coinciding with the attackers also not playing well. It's true. I mean, there is a lot going on. In fact, one of, one of the questions that we have this week um, is from Jojo who says, um, what happened to Liverpool? Um, was part of a, a broader question, which is now that we have a title race, are United favorites? And we'll come on to that in a minute. Um, but, you know, part of his question is what happened to Liverpool. And I think, honestly, like we spoke in the summer about the front three needing a refresh or the, like the squad in general needing a refresh um, because Mane, Salah and Firmino have been doing it to an unbelievable extent for the last three mm. years. And they've been run into the ground. Like Klopp has not rotated them very much. Um, and so we said, like, they're going to need options. You can't just have a Rigi on the bench who never actually plays. Um, and they went out and bought one. They got Jota. And it worked. Like, the first quarter of the season, he came off the bench. He scored goals. He won a spot in the starting eleven. He allowed Liverpool to actually play all four of them at the same time, which gave Firmino more space and what have you. And then it's just very unfortunate that Jota got, got a really long injury. Um, and I wonder if we'll see him back to his, his best form this season. But, you know, that, that's just unfortunate. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, the injuries haven't helped with Liverpool, but at the beginning of the season, if you said who, if you ask Liverpool fans, who would you pick to not have a long-term injury? I'm pretty sure Van Dijk would be top of that list. You know, we, we talk yeah. about who their best player is. We sometimes we talk Salah, Mane, whatever, but Henderson, whatever it is, but really it is Van Dijk. Like with everything he's done over the last three years or whatever. And I think, so they have lost their best player, their captain. And if they still somehow scrape this league, it, you know, people are saying it's harder for them to win it twice in a row than to win it the first time. And people always say winning it twice in a row is extremely difficult. And I think that this game gave us a sort of tactical indication of another thing that's wrong with Liverpool. In that, you know, Paul Pogba played on the right-hand side of, of the, of, I guess it was a diamond, but he played on the right-hand side of the game. And his role was to limit uh, Robertson. I think it was, yeah, yeah, Robertson's forays, essentially. So he was playing quite defensively and then asked to spray the balls to Rashford whenever he got it. And he did a really, really good job. And I've noticed that, like, Robertson hasn't been as effective, although he's been more so than Trent, because teams have figured this out. Because Trent is crossing to nobody. And they're making him, forcing him to cross from actually deeper 
than 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 he does. So mm-hmm. I I I don't like because I'm a United fan. I I see it and I understood what what the tactics were, but I realized West Brom did that and um, Fulham did that, and there's there's a formula now, and now it's up to up to Jurgen Klopp to figure out how do I sort of turn this on his head and confuse these people. Yeah, I, th- I think that's true. I think Klopp hasn't really needed too much of a plan B for a long time, and, and now he does. So we'll, we'll see if he can get one. Um, but to Jojo's question, other question about the title race, and sorry, that is Jojo's at Mojo Dope Joe on Twitter. Um, <laughs> well done. Which is good. <laughs> to his question about the title race, are Manchester United favourites? I'm going to say no, and I'm going to say it's Man City. Uh, and I'm going to say... Does anyone disagree with that? No, I disagree that there's a favorite because I don't like I, I. I was thinking about this the other day, and the way the league is going, and Bernie always says it every week. There's no favorite. It's just like who do you think is going to win? Sure, I think City will win the league, but are they favorites? No. Is anyone else a favorite? No. I mean, I, maybe I by a slither because like you can mm-hmm. say things like, "Oh, squad depth." Sure, but like. I would go with City only because I think I said this. I, I trust them a bit more. Like United, I can, we're on really good form, but I have this weird feeling that even though we've won lots of games, some of them are you know the Wolves last minute, um, tight Villa. There was another one that was really tight, but Burnley was was, was kind of tight. Sheffield was tight. It's fine margins, but. City actually they've won a lot of one nil, one nil, one nils, but those one nils are different. Those are like the old school one nil to the Arsenal type of thing, or one nil to the Jose, like Jose Mourinho Chelsea type of thing, where you don't feel it's ever in doubt. <clears throat> so I trust City in that context more so, and Liverpool. I think they'll figure it out. So I would go City, Liverpool, United with like a seven point spread. So Bernie. Officially, according to actual odds, which is not something I particularly know much about, but actual odds, you're right. So it's City, favourites, Liverpool, United, Spurs. Okay, Alex, can I tell mm. you this? My, I think City are, are up there. My issue with City is actually Pep. I think he's going to mess it up. <laughs> I think he's going to keep playing these false nines. He's going to keep putting Aguero on the bench. He's going to keep switching between you know, Cancelo and Walker and then switching between Zinchenko. And like, I just feel he he's going to tinker so much that they're not, I think they're, they're hot and cold because of his tinkering. So, um, yeah, go on. No, no, that's it. It's just like, I think he's going to tinker way too much and then it's going to come Champions League time and then they're going to mess up there and then, you know, the squad is going to feel a bit down. I, I don't know. I just feel Pep's going to tinker, man. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I take that point completely. But what I would say is that whatever he's been doing lately, which is there's been a lot of false nine, although Gabby Jesus started this one, uh, sorry, the 4 0 win over Palace. Um, whatever he's been doing lately has been work like they've been fantastic. They've been, they're playing the best football anyone's played. They're smashing teams, they're not conceding goals. Gundogan has four goals in the last few games. Um, the only the only thing I'd point to as as a counterpoint to City is that De Bruyne has ten assists, and the next highest person I think is Sterling has three. So like, if at some point De Bruyne gets injured, they're gonna have a bit of a problem in terms of creating chances look, and creating goals. But you know, they they look the most dangerous team can, in the league right now. I agree. Can I be a bit cynical about this four 0 versus Palace? Like. It's Palace, okay, and whatever. That's not an argument. But if you look at look, look at look at where the goals came from, 
across to your center back, your headers are in. Okay. Yeah, Gundogan, like, wonder strike. And, you know, he, he scored four goals. I think that's probably more than he's ever scored his entire career up to this point. And then you've got, like, Stones again with, like, a finish with his foot. And then you've got Sterling from a free kick. I'm just, like, he didn't really break Crystal Palace down. Yes, things happened for them and they ended up winning 4-0. I just, you know, it wasn't this dominating performance where they smashed them. I, I think that, I th- that I is the, the funniest dismiss, dismissal yeah. of a 4-0 victory ever. I, I, I take the point, but it's like when you add it to the fact that they're playing so many games consecutively and they've won five or six in a row, like I'm going to give you the odd 4-0 where you didn't do much. Like, come on. Like, we'll give you that. But I think one thing that I've I've found very interesting is the new narrative of, oh my God, Pep has reinvented John Stones. I'm like... Let's be honest about what happened here with John Stones. He played one game, he did well. He played another game, he did well. He fell into Pep's lap again. Pep bought a 40, no, he spent 100 million this window on center backs because he didn't think John Stones was worth shit. He did not rehabilitate John Stones. This fell into his lap. And honestly, good good for you. (laughs) Let's just be honest about it. Let's just be honest about that. John Stones you know, is the center back of for him, which is like the equivalent of Aguero, where he played in that one game because everyone was injured. He played well, and then he had to play it for the next six months. <laughs> he didn't want to. He didn't no. want to at all. What I like is that, that Ake has taken the Stones role in in that he's now the, the center back that no one ever sees or hears from. <laughs> like, it, it's, it's as if you're either in the first 11 or like no one gets to see or hear from you ever again. It's great. Um, one of the one of the comments we had on Twitter was from um, Cameron Herbert at Cam H. Another very good Twitter handle, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, he was generally a top lad, but he said uh, um, we asked for questions. He just said, "Just a comment. Proud of you, boys. Keep it up," which was lovely. So thank you, Cam. Um, but while this game was going on, he uh, so the st- <laughs> the Stones goal went in, and he tweeted, Cam- "Stones feel, is the I, best." I just feel like. Caps. Go on. Who did that? Cam, the person that... that oh, you. I just feel like Cam doesn't conform with the Jose Mourinho style of coaching. Um, there's too much positivity there. It's like, you know, nah. It's like, what, what happened to throwing us under the bus? You guys need to do better. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. We have no motivation to improve now. Um, but it was very funny. Anyway, okay, so City 4-0. Mohamed thinks it was rubbish, um, but we'll we'll see. I, 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 I mean, did, did, did you guys think the Bruyne's assist was as good as everyone made it out to be? I think this is this is the agenda you need to let go <laughs> for, for just for just this like <laughs> I I get it, but like <laughs> you're we're, no one is progressing in this agenda. It's not Bernie, <laughs> Bernie, my boy is in Turkey. I'm hurting. Okay, that's what's happening. Oh, that is that, and, and oh, you know what? You know what's happening? Oh, I and I'll, I'll met, just go back again and talk about this. Your boy is leaving, and that leaves two creators, right? Two elite creators, or you can take Jack, um, not Jack, um, what's Grealish, yeah, Grealish if you want. It leaves KDB and Bruno, and KDB, you have a crossing agenda, and Bruno is an absolute nutcase, so. It, you're between a rock and a hard place. Well, right. I just I just hate football in general because it's not it's not a, it's not a creative sport anymore. It's and a Messi slapped up someone. Yeah, <laughs> it's a physical sport. Messi's like, I better get in on this. He's, oh, preparing, he's preparing for the Premier League by learning to fight. Yeah. The top creators that Mo respects are all insane. 
It's actually <laughs> true. Love oh, it. man. Uh, all right. Um, Sheffield United uh, won. Tottenham three. Tottenham finally held on to a lead. We've spoken a lot this season about how, like, only Kane and Son are scoring. Speaking of sharing goals around and stuff. Um, and that they really need help from the rest of the team. And they finally got it this week with goals from Aurier and Ndombele. And where else can you start other than that glorious lob? I mean, we've, we've been talking all season about how Ndombele is basically, if not the best, one of the most entertaining players to watch in football right now. And this was just another glorious example. Mm. Yeah, no, agreed. I mean, when that ball was kind of played over to him, it was like, well, it's a bit out, like, like Bergwijn kind of pulled it a little bit. Now it's kind of nothing's going to happen out of the sun. I think he meant that. Like it looked like he knew exactly what he was doing. Um, and, you know, that's what happens when you play in Dumbledore for 90 minutes, right? So maybe we'll see more of him. He's a, I think we will. He's a, he's a, I mean, did he do like a flick before he did the lob? Like, or am I crazy? I saw it and I was no. like, what am I looking at here? Like, Bergwijn lobbed it over the defense and then it kind of came over his shoulder and then he just hooked it. Okay. Okay. No, it was it, it it was a that's that's a cheeky lob. That's that, that's where you <laughs> use that that phrase. It was wonderful. Um, I, I thought Bergwijn was, was really good. good. Oh yeah, yeah. Berg, Bergwijn was good and yeah. um, justified Bale never playing again. Mm-hmm. Uh, d- did you see the clip of Jose essentially saying, "Do you want to play or do you want to go back and sit, sit on the bench of Madrid or something like this?" That's a really dangerous option to give Bale because he's going to take option. <laughs> Like, you know, I get the, the, the reverse psychology. It doesn't work with me. But it's like, oh, is that an option? <laughs> so don't give him that. Um, but yeah, Bergwijn was very good. But Bernie, Harry Kane, like, the problem with Sheffield United is they're sitting last because they don't have a goalkeeper. Like, they're playing with an open goal, which, you know, doesn't help in the Premier League. Like, Ramsdale is horrendous. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Like, yes, I get yeah. it. I, you know, Kane did his thing. Like, I, was, I think I was talking to my brother. And my brother's like, what makes Kane so good? Like he doesn't, you know, he doesn't stand out particularly in one department. But I'm like, it's all about the technique. Kane is so clean technically. That ball that came to him, he knew the awareness to take it on his left so he could turn in one motion and then push it to the right and finish it. Like Kane is just pure technique and he showed it in this goal. I think it didn't go as far next to the post as he would have liked. Mm-hmm. But luckily for him, it was Ramsdale. And it just felt like, come on, man. Like if you're not going to save that and you're in the relegation zone, then just forget it. Pack your bags now. What I love about Aaron Ramsdale is that they spent 18 million on him, um, which, you know, after like 30 million on Jordan Pickford, I can't like these are really horrendous goalkeeper signings and and English clubs keep doing it, which is great. But basically they bought him because he is English um, and he's rubbish. It's well, so much. It's so funny. It's Alex, so you had you had that list of shit Sheffield United signings. Like Brewster was how much? Uh, yeah, Rian Brewster was twenty odd million, twenty two, I think. Mm-hmm. And then they spent last Sander. January they spent twenty five million on Sander Berg, who who is like a good player, but it hasn't worked very well, has it? The the thing with Sanderberg is like he's a, he's a signing that encapsulates to me this FM culture no FIFA culture FIFA Ultimate Team culture that's come into Twitter. It's nonsense. Like there was a picture of him in a car and everyone went, "Oh my God, he's he's arriving at Carrington to sign!" And people got excited. And I was like, "Who is this? Like why are we? <laughs> why are people excited?" And he's shit. So it's like any people just see anything like signing. Oh my God, we're so excited. It's like, no, he probably is shit if he's going to Sheffield United. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> I'm just sorry. This is what it is. And however, let me praise the club a little bit. 
McGoldrick, someone tweeted about his goal record in, in big games or against big teams or something like this. And apparently it's fairly good. Bernie, Bernie, who, who, who are you praising, sorry? Your boy McGoldrick. <laughs> yeah, so you're praising me for yes, praising you. McGoldrick on yes. day one of this of the season when everyone laughed at me and I said he's a great player. He's a top scorer this season. He's we killing did. it for them. Top scorer with like two goals, but yes. <laughs> but he scored a great goal. I thought that, that that header was really, really good. And I'm like, it, can he move to Newcastle? <laughs> like that's his next career change. <laughs> they need more strikers. They only have three against on against Arsenal at one point. I mean, they definitely need more. Man, it just it's crazy. But you know what's funny is that um so Sheffield United finally won a game the previous match day. They beat Newcastle 1 0 after Newcastle had a man sent off. And our you know, friend of the pod, Will, who's the only Sheffield United fan I know, I think. Anyway, he was like, I take it you'll be talking about Sheffield United on the pod this week. <laughs> yes, yes, we will, after they lose the Spurs. Um, but we do actually have a question about Sheffield United um from OG. Um, let me just find Twitter handle um, at Blago Blogger, Black, sorry, Blago underscore Blogger on Twitter, who says, any chance that Sheffield United stay up? I'm saying no. No, mate. They have like two games less than Burnley and Fulham and they're on five points. Like, I mean, no. <laughs> hell no. To the no, no, no. Hell to the no. <laughs> it's just, it can happen. Like, okay, here's the thing. If they stay up, that only means one thing. They're winning the league next season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the only it's thing. the rules. Yeah. It's the rules. I mean, the, the opera rules. singer. Hey, don't hate the player. Hate the game. <laughs> 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 but yeah, no, there's no way they're staying up. And they're, they used to be fun to watch last season. And they're just not this season. And yeah. McGoldrick or not, I just, no, I'm not enjoying it. Um it's gotten to the Wait, point I where mean, I, I you don't want really do... understand how they sco- how they used to score goals. Like I can't remember see that it. overlapping center back thing that like everyone was talking about, and now we're like, this sounds pretty dumb. <laughs> when you have a shitty well, goalkeeper and you're doing overlapping center backs for what? <laughs> <laughs> Just further exposing Ramsdale. <laughs> Well, uh, is, this, is, this, is this what the Sheffield United fan expected when you asked that question for us to just... Just a roast. Roast his pub. <laughs> um, but no, honestly, like, Sheffield are way too far down. But speaking of kind of Sheffield, so they beat Newcastle, and mm. Steve Bruce got so offended that he made eight changes <laughs> against, <laughs> against Arsenal. He's like, you guys lost to Sheffield. None of you can play football again. He made eight changes. And I honestly think if we're talking about crazy things happening, Newcastle are sitting at 19 points right now, while Fulham is 18th or in 12th. I think Newcastle are going to go down. They they look really bad. And, uh, well, let, let's talk about Newcastle-Arsenal then, I guess. They, they do look really bad. They haven't won in five, I think. And um, the squad got hit with COVID. And uh, Alan Saint-Maximin got it like a couple of months ago and is feeling it so badly that he still, as far as I understand, can't train. He's, which, is, uh, which is brutal news. Unable to run it. Some minimum. Uh, un- unable, to, unable to run it off, eh? What? what? <laughs> <laughs> Why? He's really quick. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry, sorry. I need to take this a step back. Alex, yeah. when, you, when you were doing a build-up, Alex got excited and went sent minimum, which would have been great. 
But then you went running off. Like, you, you missed your opportunity to say something really, it's, really witty it's, there. It's, it's the website. It's the, sorry, not the website. It's the internet. I said it ages ago. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know how much credit I gave him, Hunted? Incredible. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, yeah, Mo, talk about um, Arsenal beating Newcastle. They, you, you were worried for a bit, no? It's a game of two halves, Clive. Mm. Um, the first half was so shit. You know, five halves of really bad football versus um, Newcastle in a week and Crystal Palace uh, last game. And I was getting worried about, you know, we're not back from an attacking perspective. But it all kind of changed a little bit in the second half. I think it, it, what looked like Aubameyang had some sort of an upset stomach in the first half, took a couple of pills at halftime, apparently, and then came back looking much better, scoring two goals. But really, the talk is all about Smith Rowe and uh, Bukayo Saka. Well, what a what a pair of players! They they're they're wonderful. They're just wonderful. Um, so OG actually also asks, um, is ML Smith throw the real deal? And I mean, I, I've said it for the last few weeks. Been saying it for a long time. To me, yes. But to me, he has he has everything that you'd want from an attacking midfielder. He's so intelligent. His use of space is is so good. His close control is brilliant. Um, and he makes the right decision generally. I, mm-hmm. I would suggest that. He'll he'll need to add more goals to his game if he, if he's going to be you know a, a really top level number ten. But to me, all the attributes are there. His left foot as well. He uses it very well. Like he's got a really solid left foot, which is not his favorite foot, which helps him out a lot. But you're right. It's like kind of that use of smart space. And look, is he the is he the is he the real deal? Yes, but is he the finished article? No. So if this is where he is now, where he's played what like started four games or something like that, like nothing. Um, and this is where he is right now. If he continues to grow and kind of get better at get better and more consistent, I think he will be a top player. I think him, Saka, and Martinelli, if we can stay together in this team, we can definitely build a team around them. Mo, uh, what do you think about Thomas Partey, who made his, I believe this is his first start, having come back from injury? And uh, it looked good to me. Yeah, he was solid enough. He kind of did what he had to do. I think my issue, I think in general with football, is just the expectations I put on some players. <laughs> I'm... I'm just waiting for like, look, he has the most tackles and he has the most this and he he does the spraying of the passes really well from deep and that's all great. But when I, you know, I was screaming for him as a signing, I was just saying how good he was when he was in a study and I'm waiting for the box to box. You know what I mean? I'm waiting for those long bursting runs, breaking the lines with, with the dribbles, kind of just pushing through. I'm waiting for that bit of his game. It's not here yet. He did his, you know, defensive and deep line bit against United and again today. And that's great. And if it's getting him to where I'm expecting him to be, that's fine. But if, if what we've seen so far is kind of the ceiling, then I'm not happy. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it would be, it would be a mistake to think this is all he can do. Like he, he's been injured on and off basically since he arrived. But, yeah. uh, you know, it's, uh, I, I think as long as he can stay fit, there's a lot more to come. Yeah, I guess. And Tierney, again, you know, slotting back into the team, I think is just so crucial for Arsenal and the way they play, especially with the fact that Aubameyang has zero um, build-up playability. <laughs> um, so you really need Tierney there. I mean, a- Maitland-Niles' last game was just horrendous and they both were lacking. But now Tierney at least makes up for Aubameyang. I mean, someone said Tierney's not only a left-back, he's our entire left side of, of, of the team. So, um, and that that's true. And like Kazette stepping up, just so well with kind of being that focal point and you saw a couple where he laid it off to um, Saka to kind of get off a shot and you know, almost a messy Suarez little move there so 
you know, hopefully things are coming together, but we do still look, still, still, you know, I don't know. There's something missing. It's not all there. Well, you know, Cedric Suarez still plays. David Luiz still plays. You know, there, no, Granite Xhaka is still an important part of the team. There, there are still issues here. Yeah, for sure. Sorry, Bernie, go on. No, I was just saying, didn't Suarez get... I'm just looking at it. I didn't watch this game. I forgot it was happening. But I just saw, in, uh, you know, this results thing that Suarez, Cedric Suarez got an assist, which is weird. Oh, yeah. Sesk Drick Suarez? Yeah, he was great. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, my heart just sank. <laughs> I'll load the bar. <laughs> also, can you guys like not sign players with like or develop players with these double barrel names like Smith, Triple, Ma- Maitland, Niles, and Emmerich Aubameyang is like the first one now. Pierre Emmerich, like it's the first two. It's like whoever has to register these guys must be absolutely sick of it. Like, Ainsley, you know, Maitland, like, Niles. Look, Bernie, yes. we moved from Highbury to to the Emirates to become a middle class club so that we could develop middle class players with double barrel names. Exactly. <laughs> From like, we, we saw Ward Prowse and we like, we need some of that. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I'll have a Walker Peters. <laughs> <laughs> we also, we sold, we sold an Alex Oxley Chamberlain. I mean, there's That's a lot. True. There's That's a lot. Yeah. Sorry, Bernie, Bernie's just reminded me of like one of the funniest parts of that Amazon Spurs documentary when uh, <laughs> Mourinho goes up to Walker Peters in training and he goes, is it Walker or Peters? What do you prefer? <laughs> <laughs> and Walker Peters is like, uh, it's both. And like, this is not how it works. <laughs> That's, uh, funny. That's so funny. Uh, but yeah, I think Newcastle looked, well, low on quality, but also low on fitness, man. Like, I know you're saying there's a lot of players out and there's COVID and stuff, but the players that come in at least should be able to. Like, I mean, you had Joe Linton playing off the left, and then like Wilson and Andy Carroll up top. And if you're going back to the whole brute Andy Carroll kick it up thing, like, and you've really lost the plot. It's just not going to work in this league. And eventually, like, you might survive a season, but we started to see it with some teams. Like, eventually, it's not going to work. I mean, I would, I know Bernie might have other thoughts, but I would rather be a lead that, like, is so inconsistent, but at least have a plan that does not involve lumping the ball to. No, don't get me wrong. I'd rather be Leeds than Newcastle. <laughs> no matter what, what I say about Leeds, who lost, by the way. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'd, ra- I'd rather be Leeds than Newcastle any day. But I, uh, I disagree in that. I, who lost last two? Leeds have lost their last three. I thought you'd oh, like that. Oh, Lord, thank you. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I think Newcastle will just stay up. They're that, they're that annoying that they just find a way to stay up. So I think they, they still will. Um, also because I think Fulham are just unlucky. And I think they're going to remain unlucky the rest of the season. Do you? I, I think they're they're doing so well at the moment. Like Parker's actually, you know, they were they were trashed the first quarter of the season, and then Parker's just like turned it around. He picked a new, he's picked a new team, like put them in a new system, and they're they're like actually well, hard to he's, beat now. He's uh, he's playing three at the back now. He's turning losses into draws. The next question is draws into wins. <laughs> exactly. So you know, one step at a time. But keep in mind, you only have thirty eight games. Well, uh. yeah, 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 always good to remember that. But but that, that's a good segue, uh, Fulham. Lost, uh, you know, as I was saying, very narrowly to Chelsea, and only after Anthony Robinson got sent off for what was a horrendous challenge on Aspilicueta. I love the way he spells his name: A N T O N E E. Yeah, it's really stupid. Because that's what he goes for. <laughs> it's really bad. Um, but yeah, that was that was just eh, again. People talk about the ball, and he didn't actually hit Aspilicueta hard, but it was what? rash. No, I just think I, I thought he kicked him. <laughs> he kicked him, but like. <laughs> 
It, it was rash. It was, you know, uncontrolled. And if Aspliqueta's foot was planted, that's a broken bike. So, like, I get why these are red cards now. And I, I don't mind it. You know, the thing is that, like, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but right as he started running, I saw the red mist. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I saw it, even though it wasn't that much, like, space to run into, I saw it happening before it happened. And that was different than some of the other ones I've seen where I'm like, oh, okay, they came together. Oh, replay shows me that was bad. This one, it was like, mate, stop. Like, there, please, there, please don't do this. There's too much acceleration in a short amount of space. You're like, the dude's right there. How can you be accelerating this much? <laughs> what What is crazy about those, those kind of challenges and how you know that football is completely irrational is that like, the what was the best that could have happened in that situation? You're like throwing, like you're like a third into the Chelsea half. As Pilaquet is going to clear it, if you win that challenge, like maybe you get possession. Like it just wasn't worth it. It's yeah. just toxic masculinity, mate. Is that a yellow card offense these days? It's that like you know, get stuck in, put your foot in nonsense, like bro. There was yeah. there was no reason for that mess. Maybe it's residual so. anger from being called Anthony. Yeah, maybe. Um, I thought I thought Fulham played really well to kind of just keep Chelsea at bay for as long as they could with ten men. I think it it took until the seventy eighth minute for Mason Mount to get a goal, but. Honestly, the goal, yes, it, it was kind of a result of pressure mounting. <laughs> didn't mean that. <laughs> but um, I think it was Ariola's fault as well for slapping the ball straight into such a dangerous area from that cross that was, you know, not... He made it dangerous. And I just thought that was a really bad decision by the keeper. I, I also feel like Cavallero, or Cavallero needs to apologize to his teammates yep. because there was that, that one chance, which, by the way, was calamitous defending from Chelsea. It was unbelievably poor. And I'm so angry that they weren't penalized because that finish was garbage. And he needs, he needs to go apologize because like a couple minutes after was when Anthony almost killed us for the Quetta, probably because he was angry that Cavalero missed that <laughs> chance. Unreal. Yeah. Also, Edward Mendy is really bad with the ball at his feet. Listen, he, he shouldn't have had the ball at his feet. That's the problem. <laughs> What is he doing? He, he, he's worse at coming out than Lindsey Graham. Like, it's just... Ooh, what is he doing? He can't well leave the line. Like, some, just don't let him leave the line. He should, they should actually tie him to the post or something so that he they're can't, gonna, and he just move across it. They're going to have to spend another 40 million on a goalkeeper. Like, it's... it's I feel in a year, they're going to spend that money, like, on someone else. And it's Who's left? Who's left? Well, I mean... They, oh, none never prior- left. <laughs> are they going to prioritize... The keeper, or are they going to try and look for a striker? Because Timo Werner came on with 15 minutes to go and stunk up the place. Another <laughs> clear one-on-one where it's just like, Alex, do we have a question about this? I mean, I yes. don't want to be the one trying to answer this question. <laughs> yeah, it's a tricky one. Yes, we have a question from Chinua uh, at Man Like Dell on Twitter who says, do you feel Werner has a future in the EPL? Bad spell, or is he just out of his depth? It's It's still a little early because like you know that next season new manager maybe I don't know something could spark it it doesn't matter what it is something could spark it but it got me thinking this is the same guy who apparently left a game and wanted to be subbed because it was too loud in the stadium you guys remember this a couple years Mm -hmm. ago Mm -hmm. like it makes me wonder if he has the bottle bottle for it like Mm. when you think about it and you add that up but to most point the finish was disgusting it was honestly a disgrace and 
I don't know. The only thing saving his graces right now is that there's other top, yeah, other top players that are not playing well in Chelsea. So, like, if he was the only one that that kind of stuck out, it would be a problem. But if you want to look at it from, like, rose-tinted glasses, you'd say, look, he's finding himself in good position to score goals. He is using his space very well, like, when he gets it out on the wing. Like, he's doing things. It's just obviously the misses will be highlighted, and that's, you know, it, it is what it is. I just feel like he, there must be a good player in there. Like there just must be an, you know, so we players go through these spells where they just miss everything they touch. And I, he well, must Marce- get out Marcel's of it. Marcel's going through it, right? Yeah. Obama, like, Aubameyang was going through you know, it until his goals today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And like you look at, you know, Havertz who can't, you know, get a minute. And you look at Ziyech who, yes, he's playing, but, you know, is he doing anything other than just crossing it aimlessly into the box? Like, wait, you know, wait, Mohamed, what, what did they call him? Couscous? Oh, Couscous Ashley Young. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my days. I, I hate Twitter, man. I hate Twitter. Um, but, you know, I, I mean, Lampard out here switching Giroud for Tammy Abraham, just one header to another. Like, you know, it's just, I feel like maybe it's Lampard's fault at this point. Maybe he just can't get the best out of these 200 million signings that he has. I don't know. But to answer the question, I don't think it's lights out for Werner just yet. I think let's let's visit it when Chelsea are playing really well and he's the one that, that kind of sticks out like a sword. I, I, I would agree with that. Let's, you know, give it three months under Allegri and we'll, we'll see where we're at. I, I just think it's hard to judge when his manager is Frank Lampard. Like... He's just not doing a very good job right now. And I actually want to come to come to um, some quotes from Lampard who said, um, when people were touting us as title challengers, we do have a squad when you look at the composition of it. So it's nice of him to admit that they have a squad. Um, but it's very young, particularly in the forward areas. And we don't have the history of players in those areas that this club has had before that are goal machines or assist machines that win you games. With our team, it's potential. It may be tough going forward. We haven't got Eden Hazard contributing 50% of goals or assists. We haven't got Acosta scoring 30 goals. We are developing players, and I believe in them strongly. Now He said that? Like, that's yeah. in quotations? Like, yeah. you sure? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm reading it. I have a lot of issues. Okay, yeah. can, can, I, can I just say, that is one of the most amateur statements yeah. from a manager I've ever heard. And I've heard Ole say some shit. Like, this... This is garbage. Firstly, don't talk about Hazard. Don't talk about Costa when you have players here right now. What are they supposed to do? They're supposed to, they're going to feel like shit that you're referencing these other guys. And then you bought Werner for 52 million. He was an established player. He's now going to think that you think of him as potential? Also, he's 24. And, and Ziyech is 27. And Giroud, who plays half the games, is 34. And I, still, I still don't believe this is a true quote. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, he is the nephew of, of Harry Redknapp. Yeah, was he saying was he saying it's sticking out uh, an elbow out of a car window? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I mean that is that is actually shocking. Like I'm actually speechless, and yeah. like I, I could not believe that he would like why ramble on so like. Look, when managers get to the point where they're defending themselves this falsely, things aren't going well. Remember, Arteta a few weeks ago came out with like stats. He was like, "Oh, mm-hmm. we do this with chance creation, and we do." It's like, no, listen, man. Unfortunately. This is the job you're in. You just have to brush it off, keep it short, and move on. None of these like long ass two thousand word essay explanations answering the question. Just move on, brush it off, and do your thing. 
Um, no, that that was that was not cool. And I think he's out of his depth. Like he was fine when it, the fans and the club realized that he's picking up a project that wasn't very good. And let's make it happen. I've got Tammy Abraham and Amori and blah blah blah. Now that he spent two hundred million, you don't have that to fall you know fall back on anymore. This young squad thing. You've got you know you've got Mendy. I gave you a keeper. I've got you Tiago Silva. I've got you Havertz and Werner and Ziyech. And that is an unbelievable Pulisic. That is an unbelievable team. Kovacic, Kante. You're gonna make it work, man. Money, yeah. you know, just just to your point, there, there. So there are two things I want to bring up. One, remember, Frank Lampard is the person who saved Arteta's job. So you know, <laughs> firstly, put some respect on his name. I'm kidding. But secondly, like that just shows the depths of this man. Like he <laughs> has no idea what he's doing. But the second thing is, we talk about these players, and I said this to a bunch of people before, where I said there isn't a single signing that Chelsea have made that I think is a massive upgrade, or if would even get into my starting lineup, like none, zero. Based based on Premier League experience, when you add it up, you know, being in the league, they're all new, firstly, right? But secondly, you have no idea how good they actually are because you're watching Bundesliga for what, one day? Like people talking don't actually know. Now we are seeing these people and they're either having a hard time adapting or they're not good enough, which means we have to ask a question of the Bundesliga or again, this football Twitter nonsense of any signing is a good signing. Havertz is rubbish right now. Werner's rubbish right now. Ziyech is rubbish as well. So that's the okay. matter. That's the truth. To be fair, like, Chelsea aren't buying the players because of people on Twitter saying they're good. Like, Chelsea are buying the players because they've scouted them and people no, no, on Twitter no. are jumping my to beef, the conclusion that they're great. That, right? That's my beef. My beef yeah. isn't, isn't Chelsea for <laughs> buying them. My beef is the Chelsea fans. And there's another thing that happened this weekend with them. They're the most optimistic people in the world, by the way. Like, <laughs> their fan base is better than both of ours in terms of that. I'll tell you that. Like, all of a sudden, they were like, mate, did you see Hudson Adoy? He sprang balls like Ziyech. I'm like, yeah. what? <laughs> Against 10 men and you're not seeing this? Come this is actually on. something Chelsea fans are really annoyed with Lampard for not giving Hudson Adoy more time. Like, really annoyed with him for that. He's their most dangerous. Look, he's chaos. He's chaos and he's not refined and all that. But he's their most dangerous. He's just kind of creates random stuff in games. And that's what they need. But, it, but I just don't all, like that they're also... hyping him up to a point. And then these are the same people who, when Lampard did try playing him before, they went apeshit. And I'm oh, Pulisic needs to get a game. Oh, Zayn needs to get a game. It's like, mate, you wanted Werner up front. You wanted Havertz as a 10. You wanted this is this. You got all those things and you're still shit. Just keep quiet. That's all I'm asking you to do. Uh, we will uh, we'll put Bernie's email in the show notes, okay? And you can direct your and comments. Dennis, Dennis from Couch Critic is going to get at me. But <laughs> I'm top of the um, league and he's not, so... But, but you know, I, I will say I think this criticism is warranted. Like Chelsea, I know the, the league is tight, but Chelsea are seventh. And if they end up, you know, seventh, sixth, fifth at, at the end of the season... Uh, you know, Lampard will go. Um, can I point look, out? Can I point out one thing, Arsenal fans? They on. are Chelsea are seventh. Oh no, you they have a game ahead on you. I thought it was the other way around. So fake news, misinformation. But you're only three points behind Chelsea. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, let, let's talk about uh, a team. Mohamed's second team. If he wasn't an Arsenal fan, he would be a Leicester fan, I think. And his boy Yuri Tielemans, <laughs> who got two assists this week as Leicester, in what I thought was going to be the game of the weekend, um, beat Southampton 2-0. Madison with a wonderful finish. Uh, Harvey Barnes with the second at the end. And then Tielemans ran the show. I just I just have to say, 
if I may. I've been on point with my analysis slash prediction this season. <laughs> I mean, I just remember so much of them happening. And I remember Tielemans was having a, an okay time. And then I bigged him up big time a couple of weeks ago. And since he has just been running the show, he is an under... I remember saying I would, you know, I would pick him to be my second guy in that three-man midfield out on form a couple of weeks ago. And he is phenomenal. That midfield three, we talked about it, of Ndidi, Tielemans, and Madison. Yep. Yes, they lack some consistency potentially. And yes, they are, you know, the players around them are maybe not always world-class, but those three can slot into top, top teams. And when they are on their game, on their game, all three, that is one of the best midfield in the league by far. They are phenomenal together. They complement each other. I just love watching them three. And Tillemans is an underrated um, part of that three. Absolutely. And, and Southampton are not easy to, to swat aside in the way that Leicester did. And they had more chances than, than the ones they took. Um, now, Leicester are third. Um, haven't lost in, in five. They're two points off, off United in first. Um, and the next game is against Chelsea. And the, the one criticism we've been able to have of Leicester over the last couple of seasons under Rodgers is that when they get really close and then they have an opportunity to, to touch the top um, or, you know, when they play the big teams that they're competing with, they bottle it. So I'm really interested to see how that one goes. So that, that game's tomorrow, which is the Tuesday. In case you didn't know. Oh, wow. I didn't. Yeah. I cool. didn't either. Um, something I just want to point out about Southampton, who, you know, we've given them a lot of praise this season, I think rightly so, but I just want to read you their bench from the other day because I don't know if they've got injuries or whatever, but I looked at their bench just like by chance and I, I didn't know what I was looking at. So Shane Long, obviously, we, we all know about him. Jan Valerie, we know about him because uh, he left his pregnant girlfriend or something. Um, <laughs> Jake Vokins. Daniel and Lundalu, who we've heard of because he has a funny name. Fraser Forster, Will Ferry, Alan Chapachet, Caleb Watts, and oh shit, Kagagelo Chalker. Like, my point being that there's no one on their bench that we've heard of, and that's probably not a great sign for a Premier League club, depth-wise. Probably why... Um... Austin Hills will cry after beating Liverpool. It makes sense. <laughs> He's not got much to work with. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. What else happened? Wolves uh, lost 3-2 to Sam Allardyce's West Brom. And I believe all the goals were from set pieces, which is very big, Sam. Yeah. Semi Ajayi got, I think, the third. So there were two penalties, I think, for West Brom. Pereira, uh, right? I, I only saw the second one, which was sure deserved. Uh, and then Semi Ajayi was a header. And he's, didn't he get, he got one against City. I think he got against Liverpool. Yeah, he's got three, three goals since Big Sam took over. <sighs> yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see him as Nigeria's main center back now. <laughs> does he, like, what, does he have got. any caps? I think, yeah, he does. He does. He has a few caps. But he doesn't start because they start Troost, Ekong, and Balogun, who are both nonsense. So now he's going to start, and I'm excited. And Olaena and Aderabayo, you know, we're, we're going to make it to the semifinals of the AFCON. <laughs> they actually have a good team, man. And Lukman is in terrific form. Yeah, it's, it's a shame it's, you can't get Saka. And it will be who is doing a bit of a good things. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be I don't doing know if right. we should say it out loud, but. You know, yeah. kind of weird. But. Um, question. Wolves have one win in nine. Can they go down? Is that possible? 
Why not? Why not? They've got 22 points. Like, enough, if, New, if Newcastle are in the race, then Wolves are in the race. Alex, the answer is there's enough shit teams in the league. <laughs> yeah. Like, unfortunately. Well, if, you, if, you, if you go through them to modest point, Sheffield United, West Brom, Fulham, they're better than those three. <laughs> At minimum. Yeah, Burnley, Brighton, Newcastle. Like, they're better than the teams below them, or should be at least. Um, but they did lose to the Brom. True. I will say I'm a bit concerned for Wolves because we're 18 days into the January transfer window and they haven't signed a Portuguese international. Like, what's happening? Flight restrictions and Brexit, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. All right. Uh, West Ham beat Burnley 1-0. David, the David Moyes train continues rolling on. And Brighton finally won a game by beating Leeds 1-0. Uh, I'm part of the Graham Potter fan club, so I was quite happy to see that. Um, and that's it, yeah. really. Yeah, Leeds played. Leeds played really well despite losing. That's how they do. No, they didn't. Um, they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's it called? Yeah, and uh, I think uh, Mikel Antonio coming back for for West Ham is a big one for them because mm. I think they're done with the Haller thing up top. I know well, he's sold he's gone now. Yeah, but like it just wasn't working for him. That big big dude. Um, Mikel Antonio is just. He's a really good all-rounder. And with uh, Ben Rama behind him, they can maybe strike a good partnership there. But yeah, he's he's a much better option for, with the way they want to play, at least. Yeah, mm-hmm. agreed. Um, speaking of uh, transfers, got some for you. We'll run mm-hmm. through them. Uh, so Alaba has finally signed uh, with Real Madrid for your deal. Official? Yep. Oh, send her back, do you think? Yeah. Yeah, yeah probably, so. right? I mean, Ramos is not going to be there forever, but... Yeah, I, I guess that makes your top three centre-backs. Ramos, if he stays, Varane and Alaba, which is great. Do they have to get rid of one of them? Ramos or Varane? No. Because they've got Eder Militao, who I guess is shit. shit. Uh, there's another one. There's someone else. Nacho. Nacho. Is it Nacho? I mean, he's always hanging around. Uh, okay, I guess that's it. Yeah, no, he, you, keep he, them, you keep those three. <laughs> Nacho, uh, Nacho has regular dip in form. Yeah. Mm, mm. He crunches into tackles, though. Yeah, anyway, I thought that was interesting. Um, Mario Mandzukic. All right, this one's funny, right? Mario Mandzukic is signing for Milan. Um, so Milan will, will have uh, Ibrahimovic and Mandzukic, just two tall trees the, the striking partnership equivalent of Bednarek and, and Vestergaard, if you will, to stand in the box and wait for crosses from Theo Hernandez. Um, but, you know, I, I like to defend Serie A. I enjoy it as a, as a product. Um, but we do occasionally take the piss out of it being a retirement league. Mandzukic is coming from Qatar and going to Serie A. It's not a good look, really. No. But the, the problem is... Um... The problem is Milan are doing well. Mm. So it's like, oh, if you think that's a good idea, maybe it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and Ibra seems quite excited. They, they asked him, but he's like, oh, well, then there's two big guys coming for you. Watch out. So he, he mm. loves that. Man, Zukic has landed on his feet here. Like, mm. like seriously landed on his feet here. Mm. You know, going from Qatar, he's probably was having a good time, making a lot of money. Now he's like, I get to win another league. <laughs> Well, potentially, anyway, because they're three-point stop. I don't think they'll last it. But, you know, Do you not? The, the chance is there. No, I don't. No, I don't. 
Okay. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll move on to Serie A very briefly in a second, but they just want to run through the last few. Uh, Tomori to AC Milan. Uh, it looks like it's going to be a loan. They might have an option to buy. I'm not sure. I think it's a good move 30, for Milan. 30 million euro option to buy. Okay. Uh, Jack Wilshire signed for Bournemouth. Mohamed, any any thoughts? I'm just glad. I'm just glad. Like it's such a shame his story, man. Like his story is so sad. Like looking looking as one of the brightest English prospects in a long, long time. You know that dominating game versus Barcelona. I mean, I I I envision. I got two Arsenal fan too. I envision this guy to be you know Arsenal captain, one of the best kind of assess, um whatever replacement, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And it, it's just sad. I'm just glad that he's playing football like. Yeah, yeah, fair. Um, and I saved the best till last because this one to me is, is a magical move. Danny Drinkwater has signed oh. for Kasim Pasa. Uh, I don't know, I assume I'm pronouncing that okay in, in Turkey. Um, a club from Istanbul. Their stadium is named after Erdogan. I wish I swear it's the case with a couple of other clubs too. <laughs> the problem um, the problem with the signing is that they can't play him during Ramadan, so it's a <laughs> I like it. Um, Well done. done. But my favorite thing about it is that they're 15th. Like, it's possible that Danny Drinkwater could get relegated. Can I I give you something that is going to be your more favorite thing? Lampard came out and saying, I truly believe that Drinkwater can revive his Chelsea career by this move. (laughs) And and like Sky Sports put out a question, like, can he revive his career? And it was just... Like those two things, like are just so dumb. Also, to be to, to be fair, what's Lampard supposed to say? No. <laughs> well, well, it's a loan, right? It's it's a loan, right? Yeah, so yeah. all he's trying to do is big him up and like butter these guys up so they they pay some money. That's what he's trying to do. So I give him that. But like, to, mate, to be fair, he's also he's also got the anger and physicality that will suit the Turkish league. We've seen it with the under three teams. So something's just fine. And and. And to, to give some credit to Lampard, if if Kante and Kovacic keep playing like this, like and Drinkwater does have a good six months, he might get in a team. He might be their El Neni. <laughs> Chelsea's El Neni. That is the best he could be. I mean, just retire, mate. Uh, uh, he fantastic. looked, oh man, the photos of him signing, he looked pissed. <laughs> <laughs> Can we use that for the pod picture, please? Yes. <laughs> Did you reckon he even knows where he is? Like, no. I am not convinced really? he knows. He has, he has no team. clue. He has no idea. Yes, no, no yeah. clue whatsoever. Uh, he's got to call Demba Ba and be like, "Yo, mate, <laughs> we ran the same <laughs> club. Can, can I get a tour?" Oh, <laughs> uh, good stuff. Oh, and of course, Meza Özil has finally moved back to uh, back to Turkey. Hey, pending a medical. If anyone's gonna fail that medical, it's gonna be him. Good point. So let's just give it a second. But to be fair, they would they would use him as a mascot. They have. Oh yeah. So, yeah, marketing so wise, this is a yeah. dream. Yeah, it's been unreal, man. Like in I think seven minutes, their tweet got like two hundred thousand interactions. Like it was like they cannot wait for him to start for the minutes. It's obviously big and thinking and all that. So, um, yeah, I mean that's yeah. end of an era for ourselves, and end of a topic of. I mean, it won't end just yet. His next few assists will be like <laughs> on Twitter, but you know, maybe by end of the season, it'll be over. No. Yeah, yeah. Um, Messi. We talked about his red card. Barcelona. Mm. I can't believe they lost the Super Cup, man. Like it's just hopeless at this point. Also, this Super I, Cup, it feels like isn't Super Cup usually like just two teams? But I felt like there were more teams and there were more rounds. It was two legs. Like that's why. 
Well, like Real Madrid played and then they lost. Like there was like a semifinal or something. How's the Super Duper Cup? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a Mo than Mario Kart. <laughs> and here's Umpa Loop. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I don't know what that was about. Yeah. It, they lost to Inaki Williams Stunner. Yes. Um, and a messy Stone Cold Stunner. <laughs> <laughs> An RKO. Um, but yo, um, Griezmann is having a resurgence. Yeah. He's got like seven contributions in his last four games or something like that. You know, scored in this game. So slowly, you know, coming into it. But, you know, it's a little too late. But yeah, at least he's playing a little bit. I saw a Barca fan after this game tweeting that they couldn't wait until Jordi Alba left the club. And I was like, he seemed to create most of your chances in this game. I wasn't quite sure what was going on there. Yeah, also, he's a very smart player. He just passes it to Messi all the time. Exactly. In fact, he was trying to do that. Yeah, yeah. Goal. Remember that goal? Like, literally, yeah. full box and Messi's on the edge. Like, nope, still cutting it back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Messi's like, bruv, I told you I don't care right now. <laughs> don't yeah. give me this ball. He's like, listen. Manchester City also need the left back. I'll put in a word. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. Uh, it'll be the um, who's the guy? That, oh, Maxwell. That Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Just like every club he went to, he brought Maxwell because yeah. he was his mate, and he crossed yeah. it to him. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, speaking of mates, uh, I guess we could end on uh, Phil Neville getting mm-hmm. get actually getting the Inter Miami job because. He's made Nepotism. with Beckham. And Mona, I want to ask you a question because, you know, you're the biggest Beckham fan in the world. Does Thank this you. make you, does this diminish him in any way in your eyes? <laughs> I am a David Beckham fan as a player. <laughs> not, as a, not as a football executive. As an executive, club owner, underwear model, that's none of my beeswax. Right? <laughs> I just enjoy the crosses and the free kicks. All right, leave me out of this. <laughs> Whoever the hell he wants as manager, <laughs> it doesn't matter for me. <laughs> no, but Mohamed, who is your favorite admin person in football? That's true. That's true. I got to have a favorite admin person in football. Yeah, it's certainly not Edu. No. I mean, to be fair, you know who I think is really good at it, which is controversial, is Daniel Levy. I think he's really good. Oh, there's no question. Yeah. Granite yeah. Sky is very good, too. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, that that would be a good topic. Um, if other people have favorite ad, admin administrative oh, staff members, please let us know. Michael Wait. Edwards in Liverpool. Liverpool have surely have the best. Oh, and, good and second good best shot. is whoever Liverpool a uh, Leicester employee. Does does Berlusconi fall in this category? <laughs> because <laughs> for, honestly, for entertainment. Yeah. What a boss. <laughs> I think that's that's favorite like oligarch. I'm not sure. Yeah. If, if no, he just he's yeah he's not admin, but he's just like I remember the time when he was you know front and center in the news. It was just craziness. Yeah, he's a. Remember when Kaka was was dating his daughter or is dating his daughter? I don't know which one. Like, like whether it's still going on. That was a power move by Kaka. I'm just saying. This right? is daughter <laughs> Jesus because Kaka wore that t-shirt. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Wait, wait, sorry, Pato, not Kaka. Pato. Oh, okay. This makes way more sense. <laughs> I, even though I said, I was like, Jesus. Oh, the one that no, no, Kaka. <laughs> Man, Pato, Pato. I mean, that's a big risk. That's a big risk. Like uh, dating Berlusconi's anyway. <laughs> um, did you guys hear about Neymar's underground party? No, is that why Pochettino has COVID? 
Uh, no, but he's been organizing. Oh, this was actually in the last year. He was organizing an underground party that was like COVID safe for 500 people that he could have underground and think in, in Brazil. Oh my God. Yeah. In Brazil where like COVID is running absolutely wild. Uh, the reason I thought about that was, so I, um, we tweeted or, you know, the person behind the, under the car handle <laughs> tweeted that uh, uh, essentially Bruno Fernandes is the Kanye West of football. And I was like, no, 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 no it's Neymar. <laughs> it's definitely <laughs> Neymar. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Neymar's a good shout. He is a lunatic. He really is. Um, what else I was going to say? Oh, yeah. Uh, so, sorry, uh, very, very briefly, um, Inter Milan beats uh, Juve 2-0. Like, actually, Boston out of the game. Like, Juve really, really got murked here. Um, and, yeah, Bernie, you were saying that Inter are, what, three points behind AC Milan? Uh, yes, three points behind Milan. Uh, 43 points for Milan, 40 for Inter. I think the next is on 34, which is Napoli. Um, and I don't think AC will do it. I actually think they will finish third. I think Inter will fit, will win it. Napoli are going to overtake them and come second. That is a strong shout it's, for a team it's, managed I'm, I'm, by Gattuso. What, what's, go, what's going on here? I'm, I'm, making, I'm making a big call here. Because I've seen the last couple of results. I think it was 6-0. Yeah. They beat Fiorentina, and then they beat someone 4-1 before that or so. They're ramping up, and it feels about... And I just don't trust AC Milan. I'm sorry, I don't. So that, that's why I'm making that call. And that okay. is my big call of the season. <laughs> <laughs> so I I was zoning out during the Syria talk here, still thinking about the Kanye West of football. And I would just like to throw two names into the hat for Go different on. reasons. The first one, which is not my favorite, is the pie. Okay. Because he raps, actually. <laughs> He's also crazy and has some crazy ideas. And he, he, Lucas as well has some crazy ideas. But Which Lucas? Lucas, Lucas Mora? Tottenham. Yeah. But like celebrating his hat trick? No, he's just on he's, the pitch? he's a Bolsonaro fan. Yeah, he's got oh. some, you know, so it's like Kanye and Trump. But my thing in here would be Icardi. Ooh. That's, just that's a the shout. whole, like his whole, you know, you know, just everything around them feels a bit Kanye. That's, the, <laughs> that, that's a shout. Yeah. That's a shout. Yeah. So the, the logic, the logic for Bruno is like, he's got, he's got, he does some things that are like unbelievably good and you creative. can't question it. Mm-hmm. Very creative. But a lot of what he tries doesn't work and his personality is a complete disgrace. Yeah. Yeah, the, I, the, the Bruno thing works because that. yeah, yeah, Bruno works because of the creativity bit and the trend setting bit. The the only thing I'll say about Bruno is that uh, I, yeah, your logic actually makes a lot of sense. Except that like he's not been here enough for us to say he has all these <laughs> hits. Like Neymar, literally <laughs> his legendary status <laughs> in football and his off the like you know off the music work off the pitch work is just yeah. absolutely insanity <laughs> yeah, that's true also to be fair that's Neymar why I think has a club. Works. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I i the main reason icardi came to mind is i was trying to find the kim kardashian <laughs> and, <laughs> and you found like, the perfect one yeah, yeah so i just thought you know what Icardi's the one that has a kim kardashian and that's the closest i got that's my criteria basically. i like it yeah <laughs> That's that's a good. Do you shot. think do you think that's Beckham would have been considered the Kanye West? I was I was gonna say, but but he's 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 too normal. He's boring. Yeah, yeah. He's, like, boring. he's just a nice bloke. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, he does have the crazy fashion cho- options and choices. So he also had a red mist about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although yeah. I'm thinking about it now, and like his fashion choices, like they 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 were weird for then. But if you look at like Bellerin now, right? You know, right? It makes yeah, yeah, Beck- yeah. Beckham that was wasn't that out there really. No. But anyway, no. I think that'll do. Yeah. Next yeah. week, favorite admin, best dressed, and. Who is your Who is your Kanye of football? That's what we want to hear. We need to I'm, I'm, I'm actually really excited. Yeah, <laughs> let, let, let us know. All right, lads, that'll do it. Bernie, thank you. All right, thank you, Alex. Mohamed, thank you. Thank you, sir. Ciao. Thank you for downloading the Koshcast. Get in touch at underthekoshblog at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at under underscore the kosh. And for articles, predictions, and the full experience, go to underthekoshblog.com.